0: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go.
1: A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit DoorDevil.com and enter Best Ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Jen Kurtz. Hi, Jen. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show, and you're going to bring a perspective that we haven't had on this show yet, and that is someone who is on the ground, actually on-site managing properties, and not only that, but uh, working with low-income and uh, subsidy housing, uh, subsidy programs. So I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit about Jen before she gets into her background in more detail, uh, she broke into real estate in 2012, and she was a site manager for a 96-unit property. And that property had subsidy programs, um, such as Section 8, and she'll get into that a little bit more. Um, and she's currently a property manager. She manages a site with 120 units, and that also has uh, low-income tax credit uh, units and 30 of the units are public uh, housing units and 15 of them are project-based. So I will let you translate that, Jen, to the best ever listeners <laughs> on what the heck that means um, in addition to telling them a little bit more about your background.
0: All right. Thanks, Joe. That's a very nice introduction. And thanks to all you best ever listeners for listening to the podcast today. Um, my background with the... Um, with the various subsidies that we have currently, as Joe said, we have the low-income housing tax credit program along with project-based voucher and public housing. In addition to that, we accept the housing choice vouchers. Um, that is the part of Section 8 that is considered tenant-based. Uh, along with that, it really um, what I'd like to do is point out some advantages of the program and especially Section 8 vouchers, which... Uh, really apply to a lot of private landlords in the industry i think that there's a lot of stigma about the program and some um, some claimed disadvantages Uh, some of those things might be that uh, people in general just say they don't want to live next to section 8 residents but they don't even really know what that means they just have a negative stigma towards it Um, lots of other times too Landlords just really don't want to be told what to do, and they don't want to have the extra paperwork, extra inspections, a a government entity telling them what to do with their property. My personal philosophy on that is anybody can be a bad tenant, whether they're paying their own rent, or their mom's paying their rent, or their local housing authority's paying their rent. Um, So I personally, I think that the the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages with the Section 8 program.
1: So... uh... As far as I'm aware there are two types of Section 8 programs. Um one is tenant based and one is project based. Can you help the best ever listeners and myself understand the differences between the two?
0: Yes. The project based voucher system is uh it's it's a subsidy that is uh it is permanent with the property itself. It doesn't move if the tenant moves. So if they're in a the subsidized unit and they move, it doesn't go with them. They essentially they give up that subsidy. Um, with tenant choice or tenant-based tenant, tenant based housing choice voucher program, they can go anywhere in the private market when the landlord will accept it. So it stays with them rather than with the property.
1: I heard that the project-based Section 8 programs are going away. Is, is Is that a rumor or is that something that actually is correct?
0: As far as the project-based voucher and the public housing programs, um, sites that are built federal federal subsidy, they are phasing that out over time, um, really much more relying on Section 8 vouchers in the private market for private landlords to accept them. That is certainly true. Also, the low-income housing tax credit is becoming a lot more popular too. It's giving developers an initiative to build uh, good quality housing, and then rent to individuals or families, households, that meet certain restrictions, income restrictions. Um, basically, there's income caps, is what you could say. Um, where I work currently at my property, we cannot rent a households whose collective income exceeds 60% of the area median income, and that is determined by HUD also.
1: Yeah, and the incentive for the developer is to get that tax credit.
0: That's right. You do get the tax credits in return for renting to households that are in compliance with the program.
1: And then on top of that the developer might get a more favorable loan from the government if they did, say, a 221D4 because uh, I happen to know this because I'm working on one, a development with a 221D4 loan. Oh, and, wonderful. And there's uh, incentives to um, rent to uh, low income uh, because that will help you get the best terms for you know the, the interest rate and the amortization and all that good stuff.
0: Absolutely, Joe.
1: So Jen, based on your experience, uh, first managing a 96-unit property, being on site, and now being on site for 120 unit and both of the properties have some sort of subsidy program um, or tax credit, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Keeping an open mind. One hundred percent. And while I know that might sound a little bit generic, and maybe maybe somebody has mentioned that before to the best ever listeners, um, I really think that 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 has allowed me to succeed um, more so than than anything else about keeping an open mind, not judging a book by, a book by its cover. Um, when it comes to subsidies, and especially the tenant based Section Eight, which is the Housing Choice Voucher. Um, you know I really think if you follow the regular screening that you would hold true for everybody else um, including credit scores um, you know overall character landlord prior landlord references uh, everything of that nature I really think that um, you can keep a really good tenant that you otherwise might not be able to rent to because they might not be able to afford your market rent or what you'd like to receive on their own
1: and let's talk a little bit about the Disadvantages of Section 8, just so we get both sides of the coin. Um, Or I'll say perceived disadvantages. How about that? Uh, Okay. A a perceived disadvantage is that if it's a housing choice voucher uh, resident, then prior to them moving in, somebody from the county needs to come check out the property. And if he or she doesn't like, the pothole in the corner of the parking lot that uh, nobody comes across because it's in the corner of the parking lot, um, but they write it up in the report, then as an owner, you have to get that filled and addressed. And that is a small example of what could be larger issues that the inspector sees um, at the property that uh, the owner wouldn't necessarily have to repair Um, if they weren't doing that sort of program. Is that a true or false uh, perception?
0: That is a true perception, absolutely, Joe. But to elaborate a little bit more on that, um, definitely before you have a tenant move in who is going to have a subsidy, um, there's definitely going to be the inspection by the housing authority. They do uh, the HQS, which is Housing Quality Standards, um, they they have, you know, many criteria. Everything that exists should work. You know, of course, they have the, as far as um, switches, outlets, you know, everything like that. Anything that is supposed to have a function should be working. It should, should not be in, in an operable state. And then also, you know, there are definitely are rules about trip hazards, Have how many GFIs are in the kitchen areas or bathrooms anywhere where there's water, um, everything like that. But things that you mentioned, like a pothole, when you have a brand new tenant coming in and they perform that inspection, it passes, the housing authority will pick up the tab for that rent starting that very day. If they say that you have to make a repair, then if you, you agree, you'll make that repair. They'll come back, they'll reinspect again, and then their rent subsidy portion will start that day as well. If you decide that you don't want to do it, then that just falls through and um you know you you basically you don't you do not have to participate in the program so if it comes comes to the head where um you have like a single family home and it is not going to meet housing quality standards according to the housing authority um even though you have this great tenant that you'd like to have move in if you don't want to do those things you can change your mind once someone moves in there's going to be an interim inspection and when you have the tenant that's already living there and then they come in to do their routine inspections which you of course receive notification for and everything. At that point when they find anything that is out of order or you know not according to their HQS standards, then you do have a certain amount of time to fix it and they'll let you know about that. If you don't fix it, then it will essentially go under abatement and they will stop making the payments that they are um you know that they are required to to make payments to you under the contract, the tenant is not responsible for that remainder as well. So it's really one of those things where, if you decide you want to participate in the program, you have to, you know, really um, be ready to cooperate. Really be ready to, um, you know, to make changes as needed because they're they are very very strict on their criteria.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning
0: round? <laughs> Let's go.
1: Best ever book you've read?
0: Aside from real estate books you know everybody always says they like um you know four hour work week and millionaire real estate investor and things like that um the books that m- changed my mind and made me decide that I wanted to be self employed one day when i was in a cube was um escape cubicle nation by pamela slim which is quite hilarious and it it made me think about entrepreneurship for the first time um and i also really love the 100 dollar startup because in its simplest way It um, really gets your gears going for, you know, what you can do as an entrepreneur.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it?
0: I would say uh, working in a cubicle for two years before property management because, again, that that wasn't for me, and that's what really uh, changed my life and, and wanted to be out and about and not caged.
1: Best ever success habit you practice?
0: I like to keep a dream board. I like to have uh, visual images of things that remind me every single day what i wanna work for um what motivates me so I like to keep um an actual dream board in my office and I also keep a dream a dream board on uh Pinterest so I can refer to it throughout the day on my phone.
1: <laughs> That's funny I'm the same way i have a i call it a vision board, but dream board same thing actually, you know what I'm gonna call it a vision board because dream seems almost unattainable because that's, it's a dream. Whereas a vision, I'm like visualizing it. So I'm going to stick with mine, but wow, that's
0: a good point. I might have to change my, I have to think about that too. It's
1: it's more concrete, but I, I'm the same, I'm the same way. I have a vision board. It's hanging up in my room. It is on my phone as the backdrop (laughs) and it's also (laughs) on the backdrop of my laptop. So I (laughs) see it Everywhere.
0: That's funny. We're definitely a lot alike in that aspect.
1: (laughs) Best ever tenant story that you've come across?
0: Oh, my. Good or bad?
1: (laughs) Surprise us.
0: Okay. I'm going to let you know and all the best ever listeners uh, what happened about two months ago. um, And it started out sad but it ends sweet. Ready? Ready? So, um, what happened was we had uh we we had a, a tenant that it got kind of nasty they um stopped paying rent, and you know you know what happens it goes to eviction, so on and so forth. Well, once that day came where court came and went, and the bailiff comes to the property and and i I walk with the bailiff to the unit, we're changing the locks, everything um the tenant's not home. I start going through the home and uh, taking pictures of all the damage and, and some stuff that we had everywhere. And again, this is not at all reflective of uh, the Section 8 program that I promote so much. This is definitely an exception and not a common story for me. But nonetheless, I uh, I I found a, a small puppy, probably only a couple weeks old, um, in a cage in the corner of a room, and for all, all purposes intended, you would have thought it was abandoned. Obviously, it was just there by itself, and this place was a rest. Um, absolute mess. So, um, you know, it was a really horrible situation. It was really sad and disheartening, but this puppy, I ended up finding a wonderful, wonderful home, and uh, my sister and my brother-in-law actually adopted it. And today he is a very healthy um, puppy growing very fast, and um... well he's probably about two months old now two or three months old
1: best ever quote
0: uh... i like live like today could be your last but plan like you live forever
1: what's the best place to reach you jen
0: Um, absolutely pittsburgh anywhere in the north shore riding my bike on the uh... trail system or at pnc park watching my pittsburgh pirates I-
1: <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a study, a psychological study on people because you're out of out of how many of these shows have I done? Probably like 60, 65. I don't, I don't remember, but you're the second you're the second person who has answered something like that instead of saying their contact info. I find that so I find that so interesting. The other person's like, you know oh, oh Colorado, you know, skiing the slopes. I was like, what are you talking about? I want your contact info.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Um, you know what? Maybe that means that we're out living lives instead of uh, you know sitting at the computer all day. There, there you <laughs> go. We'll go. With, we'll go with that.
1: When you're right. in front of a computer and someone wants to reach out to you, <laughs> or you're in front of your phone, whatever, what's the best way to reach you?
0: <laughs> oh, at Jennifer Kurtz on LinkedIn. I also have a Twitter handle. It's at JenKurtz213. Um, and that Twitter, I, I do tweet a lot about real estate, um, personal finance, economics in general. And if you can stomach um, Pittsburgh Steeler tweets and a lot of funny cat pictures, then follow me.
1: <laughs> and and now uh, cute dog pictures too.
0: Yes, yeah, and cute Jonah, who's adopted in his forever home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your advice on management and the subsidy programs like Section Eight. Uh, really informative, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: It's my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me, and thanks, Best Ever listeners. Hey, you, Best Ever listener, do you want more? Then head to joefairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on joefairless.com and apply to, well, work with Joe.